What the fuck's up, everybody? Man, episode fucking 23, or 3 if you're on the YouTubes. 23 and 3, both at the same time, motherfuckers. That's the way to be. That's the way to be. Yeah. Hey, and, and if you want to know how that works, check out tomorrow's Fantastic Fables all about time. And it'll explain how it can be 23 and 3 at the same time. I can't fucking wait. Fantastic Fables. My favorite day of the week. My favorite day of the week. That's Friday, folks. Is getting balls sucked day of the week. (laughs) If you are viewing us on YouTube, which you should be, because come on, it's fun to see things. You'll notice that things have changed once again since last week. I said it wouldn't because I was going to be lazy, but it did, and I got a new webcam, and we have a new perspective on the Flowbane Saloon. I'm very excited. I also started my collection of Funko Pop figures. I am currently in the ownership of Ric Flair and and Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Pretty excited. Woo! I picked them up for very cheap. Very cheap at my local Goodwill, and it was probably the best purchase I've made in the last six months of my life. You know, I've really and yes, people that includes of... paying bills. <laughs> there's been a handful of pops that I've thought about buying, and I haven't had that one to just break in and be like, "I'm gonna buy this and start collecting them." Um, if I do ever, I'm, I'm I only... think it'll either be a Simpsons or a Rick and Morty one. Might be my first one, but wrestling might be close because there's a ton of good wrestling ones out there. So oh, if yeah. I could find, oh, yeah. like like you said, you found two of them at a bargain. It's like if I could find that, bam, I'm on it. Right, right. And I always wanted to collect the wrestling ones, and I feel like my collection in the end will probably only consist of wrestling Funko Pops and Rick and Morty. That's the collection I want to have. You can throw a few extra ones in there, man. You can get, like, a Darth Maul in there, and you can get a Doctor Who, and you can get a, you know, throw a few fun ones in there. I don't know. We'll see. Because I'm going to be out for completing the sets. You know what I mean? So the ones I collect, I'm going to be very avid about collecting. Yeah, but they're never going to quit making them, so you'll never complete the set. That's like saying I want every fucking Pokemon card. You're fucking going to die before that happens. You don't think Pokemon will die before we do? Fuck no. <laughs> There's no way. There's oh, no come way. On. Um, if they would have, they would have been dead by now. Because as much as I love, and I love Pokemon, I love the game. I love the cards. And let's be honest, the anime is pretty solid also with some, with some misses and some hits. But yeah, by, I'll all rights, by all rights, it should have been dead a long time ago, and it hasn't. No, yeah, no, I've always questioned I've always questioned how it survives as I'm at the store purchasing the new Pokemon game. And I'm right? like, oh, that's how. <laughs> that's kind of how I am, too. It's like, hot damn. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm as much of a, a part of the, the problem or success, whichever way you want to look at it, as anyone. Because I got my son both a, a Pokemon Sun and a Pokemon Moon. Besides getting all these fucking cards and shit, he's got Korean cards, let alone Japanese cards. He's got the holofoils, and they got rainbows now. I think in all the, the gay prides, they got the rainbow cards. He's got some really cool rainbow cards. I can cards. dig it. I dig, I dig it. I like it a lot, man. I like it a lot. Maybe he could show me one. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. He just walked Shit, in. man. That's I started. I said that. <laughs> what? Okay. What? So, um, we're going to try to go somewhere we need more people, so kind of need to get a card. Nope. All right. 
That was quick and easy. Oh, ask for money, folks. I just said no. <laughs> no, you're not getting any money. Go home. The kids, I'm recording a podcast. Leave now. That's how you handle it. You yell at them and snap. You need a crowbar. A couple That's times. what you need. You need a crowbar. Yeah, but I don't have uh, enough. Honestly, I don't have enough crows to make a bar specifically for that type of avian <laughs> creature profitable. I just, I don't. Otherwise, I would have a Well, damn. We'll get there. We'll get there. This week, we do have a sexy bar. Oh, yeah. A sexy bar. I'm star. We got this sexy bar. I'm star. Baby, sexy bar. I'm star. You guys don't even understand the scientific analysis that had to go in coming up with this this week's title. It was awesome. But it does sound... That sounds like a disco hit, doesn't it? Like, I could see fucking 70s (laughs) people roller skating around a rink to that. (laughs) We'll have to make a Beef Sticks music video eventually. Sexy bar, I'm stuck. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it a lot. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching us on the YouTubes and you are not participating in the live chat, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you. Are all your fingers broken? If they are, how the Come fuck on. did you get to YouTube? Come on, let's get it going, folks. Let's have some fun. Party in the comments. Oh, I tell you what, my, uh, fedora like a free six pack of Minnesota Craft Brew IPAs for the 500th comment in the live comments tonight. Let's get it there. And 500 is a poignant number tonight, and you'll find out later why, folks. Or if you're knowledgeable in pro wrestling world, maybe you already know. Or if you frequent the Beef Sticks podcast Facebook page, maybe you already know. We'll just see. We'll have to see. We will see, and we'll we'll have have to see. see. Man, it's been one hell of a week for me, and it's leading up to a, a very, very eventful fourth quarter of the year. Tell me what's Holy going shit. on, brother. Well, I started a brand new job this week, and that's just the beginning of it. Full time, you know, basically a nine to five. Like shit. It's it's beautiful. And then on top of that, some nostalgic dipping back into Facebook memories led to some conversations. And now I am booking two concerts at the end of the year. A Thanksgiving-themed concert in November called <laughs> Taken. And the almighty, almost annual Hubblaze makes its seventh return. Oh, and oh man. my god. We have a date. We have a venue. I'm not going to discuss the venue yet because we still have a little bit of logistics to go through. But the date is December 16th. And and, and it's going to be off the fucking chain. I'm it's going to be the best, the most elite and premium bands and hip-hop acts Minnesota has to offer. I am super excited for this holiday. As we, as we go forward, there's going to be a lot more um, to come out, details to come out. We will make sure to bring you stuff here every week. But I also want you guys to make sure to keep your eyes peeled for Stoned Out Sundays with the Northern Lights to return and get local MN because leading up to Hollow Blaze, these shows are going back into full effect and it's going to be insane. We're going to have guests. We're going to have 
all kinds of shit, all kinds of exclusive news you're only going to find there. It's I'm nuts. excited for that. It's been it's been too long, and and I've missed it. And I'm really happy to uh, I'm really happy to relive it. I, I I'm excited to get back into my system. You know, I, I had a I had a uh, a kind of a, a jive that I went through with my podcasts, and both Get Local MN and and Stoned Out Sundays was a part of it because they were always there. And then I've even talked to you. It's like, oh man, I've missed them. You need to you need to do something. Yeah, yeah, and Strata, Strata's been bugging me since I fucking moved in here, like, you gotta start playing Hallblaze, man, you gotta start playing Hallblaze, right. and I was like, fuck, I got so much life to figure out, you know, and I still gotta try to find time to enjoy myself, well, I guess, not anymore, <laughs> tell me about it, I know all about that problem and that struggle, <laughs> ah, swig a beer to that one, for real, I just did, my friend, I just did, oh, I know, I can see you, you can't see me, but I can see you. Yeah, I don't know, man. I've been planning these shows for less than 24 hours now, and so much, like, insane shit has come up already. I, I want to say more, but I'm not going to, because you don't deserve it yet. You don't. It's good. It's good that you're making moves. It's good that you're doing something. Like 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 we had talked about before. It's a release for your soul, a spiritual release. We all need that from time to time. And oh, yeah. you, you need this, especially at this point in your life, man. With some of the shit you've been going through, I mean, maybe a lot of the folks at home don't know, but you and I talk and I, I mean I know you 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 got a good fucking life, you got a good life, you got a great fucking family. But shit, shit wears yes, on do. you mentally, emotionally, physically, all of that. I mean, shit wears on you, and you are overdue for a spiritual release. You definitely are. Oh yeah, yeah. And I know by the end of this all, That's I'm all. definitely going to be looking to forward to a mental hibernation starting December seventeenth. Just shut off the brain. Because it's going to be a million miles an hour up here until until this is all said and done. Right. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. It's, it's heavy fucking shit, man. I love it. I love it. And booking concerts is like... It's my, it's my zen space. It is where I am me the best. It, it's stressful, but good God. Taking, taking an idea and pulling it out of thin air and then just watching it grow and become something real and then just that night that fucking night when everything comes together is night yeah yeah oh it's like if you had 12 virginities to lose and you lost them all at once you know it's it's literally it's literally like sex because you spend all this time just in the build-up you're working and working to the build-up but you get it for just that moment of satisfaction in compared to the buildup. It is. It's a, it's a <laughs> spiritual release. You know, I, uh, I, I akined it to an orgasm when I was talking to you before, and that's basically what it is. I mean, an orgasm does not have to be ejaculating semen onto a woman's feet while a parakeet is eating birdseed between her toes. It doesn't always have to be that. Most of the time it does. 
Most of the, yeah, most of the time it does, but not all the time. <laughs> Sometimes it is a spiritual release. Sometimes you have this buildup in your life that needs to be released, and it doesn't have to be, you know, unborn children that are going to haunt <laughs> you the rest of your life. Oh, no, I'm so stoked. And I know, I just know that after Hollowblaze, after these two concerts are said and done, and I'm like, at the end, and I can finally rest, I'm going to be like, nope, we're going again! And I'm going to continue <laughs> to do shit. Because I still haven't started what I wanted to start when I came back, and that is my Rick and Morty concert series. One a month for yes, a year. That's what I want to do. That. We've talked about that. That'll be awesome. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I just got to lock in. I just got to lock in the right venue that will let me come back every single month, preferably the same weekend every month. And, and yeah, I'm talking Rick and Morty-themed drinks, Rick and Morty-themed props, and costumes uh, setups. It's going to be... It's going to be... Oh, it's going to be swifty as fuck, it's man. It's going to be epic! Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that's okay. where I am right now. So you How about up, the Fat Mac? The Fat Mac, man, is the fat and he's macking. He always does. I had a good time, man. We did a we did a school thing. The kids are back in school. And they had a little uh, family fun night, <clears throat> which was really fun. You got to go to different areas. They gave the kids a passport. And they went to different rooms and teachers and did different activities and then got stamps. And, and there's a competition to which uh, homeroom gets the most stamps and shit. So that was fun. Uh, one thing, I am, I'm, I'm going to vent. I, I like to use these mediums, whether it's Beef Sticks Podcast or Fantastic Fables or whatever medium I have to vent. So I'm going to use this to vent. So today, I had my son and my nephew here. We were hanging out. We're a bunch of boys. We like to hang out. We do man stuff. We're watching Damn boys. Yeah, we were watching Bob's Burgers. We were playing some animation throwdown. We grilled out. Uh, just some, just some man shit, you know. So I was like, oh damn, I got beef sticks tonight. I'm gonna run <laughs> to the lick because I gotta get a good local craft beer, and we'll get into that in just a moment. But let me finish my story. So we go to the liquor store. This liquor store, which I have been a patron of for, um, I literally since before my son was born. I used to take my son there, and uh, um, I, I grew up in the time. Thankfully, I, I got I made that cut where I grew up in the time where you'd take the car seat out of the car with a fucking you'd pull a lever and the whole car seat comes out, and then you just take the kid in yeah. the car seat wherever the fuck you go, like he's a bag of groceries. Is awesome. It's a good time to live in. The people now live in that time, but I, I, I made that cut. It was a, it was a primitive model back then, but I made that cut. So I, so I'd take my Sunday. So I've been going to this liquor store for many moons, as my folks would say. Um, so I go there today, and I have my son and my nephew with me, and I'm trying to. When I, I number one, I try to find something that we haven't done. Over and over and over again on beef sticks. I'm assuming we've doubled up on some beers before, but I don't know of any offhand. Like, there's a chance maybe we haven't. And we try to spread out the brewing companies and all that. And I try to find something that's fun and has a good name and a good story. And I try to make sure it's it's Minnesota brewed. It's not always. Sometimes I find something that really attracts me that isn't Minnesota brewed, but is a good small-time beer company. And I'll pick it up and all that. So whatever, right? 
So I take my son and I take my nephew and I have them looking at beers for me. Like, hey, check this out, check that out. They're looking at labels, they're looking at names. I mean, let's be honest. Human beings are just are just grown up children. That's what we are. So for me to, to, to try to sell you something, I want something that a child is going to enjoy. I'm not saying I'm fucking cracking one open and dumping it down their goddamn throats or nothing like that. But I'm saying a child's opinion is going to help me out. So I'm there, I'm with them, we're looking for beers, da 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 We found one for here, and I also found one for Fantastic Fables for a previous episode that I'm going to record in the future that I already have a plan for. Because I think I have, Hell yeah. okay? It's good shit. I try to do that. I get up to the fucking uh, register, right? And this is on me. This part's on me, 100%. While I'm at the register, I said, if your kids want a lottery ticket, tell me what you want and I'll buy it. And the lady says to me, no, I'm not going to sell you a lottery ticket because you said that. I'm okay with that. Because by law, you can't sell children lottery tickets. So I, I get it. That's fine. And, I, and I'd have no problem with that. But then she followed it with this statement, which really fucking bothered me. Not on her part. Not on her part or the establishment's part. But listen to me and, I, and I'll explain. She followed it with a statement that... I had a complaint tonight that you were having children pick out your beer. Uh, what? <laughs> so the fuck what? So the fuck what if I send a kid in to pick out any fucking thing and I drink it? I'm an adult and I can drink whatever the fuck I want. And if my right. choice is to have a goddamn kid come in, fucking spin around in a circle blindfolded and take a bat and whap at it, and that's what I pick. Then I have that right. I'm not, I'm not fucking feeding the kids beer. We come home. They were here. They were hanging out. They were here while I was on the fucking video. Y'all didn't see them because I keep them off camera. But they were here. Nobody's drinking but me. I'm allowed to drink my beer. It kind of bothered. It kind of hurt me. It upset me that some motherfucker sat there, seen me and the kids come in, heard us doing our thing, and then like a fucking bitch went and told the teacher or whatever the fuck you want to say he went up and right. told the lady at the register oh he's having kids pick out his beard that makes me uncomfortable fuck you in your safe zone you motherfucker you know what in all honesty <laughs> if the motherfucker had walked up to me and just said hey dude this isn't cool kids shouldn't be fucking getting exposure to beer and whatnot i'd be like you know what you're right i got a podcast where i where I critique beers and I'm trying to get different opinions. And if I just pick what I want, it's always going to be the same, but I get what you're saying. And it's probably, you know, it could lead them down a bad path and whatever. Be a man and just say something to me. Don't go fucking crawl your way up to the goddamn register and tell somebody there and then have them be a man. Hope. Exactly. No, it kind of bothered me. It really kind of, it, it dropped me down a, a peg on my mood. My mood dropped down a peg when he did when when I heard that, because I've established you know I've been a patron of that establishment for like I said I mean my son's eleven, so twelve years minimum I mean since they opened I remember when they opened it used to be a different uh, liquor store I don't even remember what it was called right. now do you remember? I, fuck I don't remember it was called something else. Um so I've been. A, a patron, and y'all have seen me on here, right? I give them a lot of money. You've seen me. 
Oh yeah, I give every them a week. Lot of money. I go weeks without having beer. You have beer every fucking Thursday. I have beer and every it's six day. Pack. It's every a six day. pack. So you know you ain't holding on to that shit. I go to bed. I go to bed with a beer every day. Every day of my life, I go to bed with a beer or a cocktail or whatever it may be. So, yeah, it kind of bothered me. Other than that, I mean, shit's been good, but that that kind of, I just had to rant. I had to let that off my chest. I had to have my own little release right there, you know? Hey, you need it. And in the famous words of Jay Muse, fuck the fucking fuckers. Fuck the fucking fuckers. Yeah, and I mean, hey, if you can't take a heroin addict's advice, who the fuck can you listen to? <laughs> Well, he's sober now. Dude, is 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 he? I don't know. Is he sober James, now? Like right now? James, come on, Beastix Podcast and explain yourself. Bring Steve-O with you. James, I got some questions. Come on, <laughs> this would be the this would be a great fucking podcast for him. Great right. podcast for him. He would love this shit. <laughs> and you know what? Hey, if he's sober. We're going to keep him sober, and we're going to fucking exalt that, because that's a difficult thing to do. If he's on smack, you heard it here, folks. If he's on smack, I'll do smack for the first fucking time with him here live on Beef Sticks. Fucking can't lose situation. (laughs) Can't lose situation for the man. Come on, Jason Muse. Beef Sticks podcast. Let's go. I notice your uh, Halloween friends aren't with you this week. Fuck what happened? Do they escape? Folks, don't be alarmed, but if you happen to see a pumpkin-faced deity and a skull-faced drag queen floating around your neighborhood, they may have escaped from my uh, abode. Oh, yeah. You know what? You know what pissed me off? We didn't get any fucking comments about the fact that I had Halloween decorations hanging in the background of our goddamn YouTube video, of our first, or fucking, <laughs> our last YouTube video. So I was like, fuck you. Well, so, not uh, any, not only did we not get comments about that, we just didn't get comments. I'm really hoping that changes this week. We're here to entertain you. Now entertain us. God damn it. I'm on, the, uh, I'm on the YouTube page right now. We're not getting a damn thing for comments. The only thing we got yeah, I know, is... I got... Yeah, the only thing I got is me saying, where are y'all at? <laughs> that's weird, because I'm in the live chat right now, and it doesn't show up that you're saying that. So that's... Oh, well, that's... It's, it's as us, so maybe... I don't know. Does it not show up as you? I don't know how this works. We I don't, don't know, know, folks. We're all new. I Newbies! I a while ago. But no, I put up a black backdrop. I got uh, both of our beef sticks logos up there, but you can't really see them very well. I actually have a, uh, I have a project in mind that I'm thinking I'm gonna pass on to maybe my niece that did our cloud style broadcasting uh, picture, or um, or myself, okay, or anybody. I'm not gonna say what the project is. It's a simple project, nothing cool, but it will require a little bit of a, a monetary investment on my part. So it might not happen immediately, but I do have a plan for for a fun little backdrop there. You know, whatever the fuck it is, it is. I'm excited. 
for whatever comes out. I'm totally excited, especially if you commission it from your niece. Right? I know. She's she's a super genius when it comes to creativity. I might be making her make stage props and shit for Hollow Blaze too. Hey, rock on. Throw her, some fucking, throw her some money. She'll be down. Or just a couple vegetables. Treat her, like, treat her like Wart in Mario 2 and just throw vegetables in her mouth. <laughs> oh, we got some Mario 2 fans out there. Catch the reference of Hello, Mario. Mario That's a damn 2. good game. My favorite fucking Mario game out there, and it gets shit on so many times because it's because it's, because it's it was not a real Mario game. Well, they, yeah, originally it was Doki Doki Panic, and they just changed the sprites to Mario's. All right, <laughs> but okay, fuck this. Number one, uh, Miyamoto, who created Mario and made all the Mario games up to that point and after, also created Doki Doki Panic. So it's a Miyamoto game. So right there, right. it's already the same fucking designer, the same creator. And it's what we had. I mean, if you look at it, I hate the I hate the argument that, well, it's so different from Mario. Okay, we had one Mario before that, if you don't include Mario Brothers. Which, if you look at Mario Brothers, was extremely different from Super Mario Brothers. Because Mario Brothers was literally one screen and you just hit things on their back and then you jump up and kick them. If anybody's ever played that yeah. game, you can actually play a mini game of it on Super Mario Brothers 3. Mario Brothers was you and Luigi just bunking things from the bottom, flipping them upside down and kicking them. They changed it to a right. side-scrolling platformer, which was an awesome game. Then they changed it to Doki Doki Planet. Planet. Oh my god. Planet. I'm getting myself worked up here. That should be the sequel, Doki Doki Planet. I want that. There you go. <laughs> but it was. Do- they it can be like it. Mario Galaxy, right? They it can be. It, it can be reskinned Mario Galaxy. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> flip, flip it around on them. So they changed it to Doki Doki Panic, which is cool because I love it. That's cool. Mario Three, if you ask me, is is a, is a throwback to Mario One. Different, but a throwback. And Super Mario kind of stayed on the same thing. But then you had Mario 64, completely different from any other Mario game. Oh, yeah. Then you go from that, and you have Mario Galaxy, as you mentioned. Completely different from any Mario game. Then you went to the goddamn uh, GameCube, and you had Mario Sunshine. Completely different from any Mario game. Despite the fact that fucking Mario Kart is a fucking fan favorite, and Mario Party is a fan favorite, which are all completely different. So don't throw that whole, I don't like Mario 2 shit in my face just because it's different than Mario Brothers 1. <laughs> They made it's a Mario 2 that was the same as Mario 1. And you know what they decided? It wasn't fucking good enough for us. And so they fucking scrapped it. They just gave it to the Japs. Well, we got it. And what happened we to got the Japs? They got bombed! And they didn't think it wasn't too good or too good for us. We thought They thought we weren't as good enough at video games for it. That's is, what it boils down true. to. Which is true. Have you ever played online against some of them fucking Japanese five-year-old kids? They fucking <laughs> wreck me. They wreck me, son. I don't even know how the fuck we got caught up in that shit. We're good at that. We are <laughs> good at going off the rails. I honestly don't. If there's one thing in life, you know, 
but I feel rejuvenated. I feel like I'm ready. I feel like I'm ready to start. Yeah. Let's start. Let's we start do this. Yeah, let's do it. So we got some uh, we got some shit to talk about. So I suppose we should talk about some shit, right? Hell yes. So I'd say we start with the fucking title of this program. The title of this program is Sexy Bar Armstar. I think I said that right, Pasty? Yes, indeed, sir. Fuck yeah. Bonus points. Um, Reminds me of Homestar Runner from back in the day. You remember Homestar Runner? I do remember Homestar Runner. (laughs) Damn. You're really throwing this shit back, man. (laughs) Uh, I hope y'all are 90s kids listening. Um... So this is something that you don't see a lot nowadays. I'd say the closest thing to this might have been when Brock Lesnar busted open Randy Orton with his elbow at a uh, SummerSlam. Oh, what was that? SummerSlam. Was it fifth? Was it just SummerSlam sixteen? Was that just last year's SummerSlam? I don't Fuck, I know the numbers of SummerSlam. I, I don't think I've ever actually paid attention. I, to I mean, 2016 is what I meant. 2016. Ew. That's what I meant. Uh, I think it is. Anyways, and that was, was even scripted. It just wasn't scripted to anybody except for Brock, Randy Orton, and Vince. That includes the fucking referee. If y'all go back and watch that shit, the ref didn't know what the fuck to do. Because he, he knew that Brock was winning. He didn't know he was winning by stoppage. So the ref is looking dumbfounded. Go back and rewatch it. Number one, it's a pretty decent match. Number two, just go back and rewatch that. But anyways, right. Um, this was kind of a. Uh, this wasn't kind of. This was a shoot. Uh, so I'll explain it to you. Sexy star, purposely and legitimately injured Rosemary. Um, if y'all don't know, who sexy star and Rosemary are they two? Uh, two of the more famous, two of the more big-time independent female wrestlers out there. Uh, watch Lucha Underground to know all about Sexy Star. She is an amazing athlete. Um, look past her name. Her name she fights men. her appearances. But yeah, she fights men. She fights big men. And she wins a lot of times. And she loses. But she wins. Uh, so anyways... She legitimately and purposely, at least allegedly, injured Rosemary at Triple A's Triple Mania. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Triple A is a Mexican promotion. It's three A words in a row that are in Spanish, and I, I don't know it offhand right now, and I didn't write it down. It's always just called Triple A. It's the second biggest Mexican promotion out there. Uh, no, no, the biggest Mexican promotion out there. It is bigger than CMLL which would be the second biggest Mexican promotion out there. Don't ask me to fucking give those initials other than the LL is Lucha Libre. Gotcha. LL Cool J. Ladies love Cool James. How many of you folks out there in Radio Land knew that that's what that meant? Hmm? How many? I did. Pasty knew, but did you? So, uh, Rosemary, or Rosemary, or Maury Amsterdam. No, let's not do that. Uh, she ended up posting a tweet. <laughs> getting kind of warm in here, man. It's getting hot. Getting hot. Dude, I know it. I know it. Loudy, loudy, it be warm up in here. All right. So Rosemary posted on Twitter. She said, because everything's on Twitter. We've gone over that time and a time and a time.
time and again on this show. Everything's on Twitter. She said, let me make this perfectly clear. If you take liberties with someone's body when they are giving it to you and trusting you to keep them safe, you are not tough. I've had women tell me that before because I've done it. But I think it's a different context. I'm not sure. She goes on to state, you are an asshole. I've done it with the asshole. This might be what she's talking about. Let's, let's read further. I don't know. And you don't belong in this business. Oh, she's not talking about me. I definitely belong in this fucking business, man. I got the face for it. So let's continue. So, so, so what she's, she's saying she's not happy. Let's sum this up real quick. She's not happy. Sexy Star decided to do just that this weekend at Triple Mania. And while I have remained quiet on social media until I was more calm to address the situation, very smart and doesn't happen a lot, especially in professional wrestling. I give her credit for that. Right. She goes on saying, I, am, <laughs> I now have to address the situation. Being informed that she is telling people it is a work. You are all now being informed that Sexy Star is a liar. She was a liar in the locker room when she was forced to apologize and instead cooked up some bullshit excuse that she didn't know. For those folks listening on Spreaker, I did the air quotes on didn't know. And she is a liar now. You know if you are torquing on someone's arm, and you know an arm bar is a real and dangerous hold. Anybody who's been in uh, amateur wrestling or in MMA understands an arm bar is a fucking legitimate and dangerous hold. Oh, yeah. Anybody who's wrestled with their fucking older brother in their bedroom knows that it is a dangerous hold. Yeah, it doesn't take much to injure an arm. It doesn't take much at all. No, especially when you're working straight on the joints. Right. She goes on. The only reason your face is not broken right now is because the little voice inside my head as I lay on the apron kept repeating, don't go to Mexican prison. Thanks, Demon, she says. Which I'm assuming um, is is a reference to Blue Demon Jr. That's my guess. Unless she's just talking to a demon. And (laughs) Thank you, demon. I mean, that's cool too. (laughs) Either way, she didn't go to Mexican prison. A win. (laughs) However, turning to positives, the outreach from the wrestling community has been incredible. I'm overwhelmed with how much love I feel right now from friends, fans, and people I've yet to meet in this amazing business. We are a family, and we protect our own. If you violate that, you are not welcome here, she says. I also want to thank the AAA locker room. That's a quote I've heard a lot about we not, are a family and we protect our own. If you violate that, you're yeah. not welcome here. She's not the only one who said that this week. I think it's been uh, posted quite a few times. Um, that, Ryan, R- Ryan Joey penis Ryan. flip. Oh, Joey, Joey Ryan. Ryan. There you go. He, yep. Yeah. Go on. I'm he not he, he uh, was the first person. This yeah, yeah. He has um, delirious has spoken up. Uh, we'll come down here to a, a, another young individual who used to be in WWE who has spoken up. Um, yeah, that's... Be- well, and because that's just such a true statement. I don't know if, if literally worded that same way it's been said before in publication, but that's talked about um, often and, and, and over and over again that you're literally... When you step into that ring, you're putting your life in the other person's hands. And it's true. I would have to assume it's, it's part of the wrestler's credo. 
You would you would have to assume. Um, Jeff Hardy might yeah. disagree, but you know, Victory Road, Victory Road. Ah, uh, where am I at now? She she goes on to say, I also want to thank the AAA locker room. Multiple people came up to me saying how sorry and disgusted they were. Thank you, Hamada, which, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, um, Ayako Hamada is actually probably, in my opinion, Ayako Hamada is probably, I'm trying to think of all the women wrestlers out there right now. Kairi Hojo might be number one. Or Hamada might be number one. Hamada's in the top three, top five discussion of best women wrestlers out there ever, 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 ever. And she's been wrestling for well over a decade now. She's not even new to this sport. She was involved. It was a four-way match. It involved her. It involved Hamada, uh, Shani, and Rosemary, obviously. Um... So, she said, also had to deal with the bullshit from Sexy Star during that match. She also goes on to thank Vampiro for professionally trying to calm a volatile situation through, as you know, once the excuse started pouring out of Sexy Star's mouth. Oh, sorry. I'm reading tweets, so it kind of skips a little bit. She says... Thank you, Vampiro, for professionally trying to calm a volatile situation. Though, as you know, once the excuses started pouring out of Sex Star's mouth in lieu of an apology, it was completely over. Also, thank you to the amazing Global Force Wrestling Locker Room, both present that night and not. I have had so much support from everyone and talent, crew, and office have all reached out to me to show that. Um, I'm going to go on to read one more, uh, just, just public, uh, statement about it. And then Pasty, I think you and I should jaw jabber about this for a little while. Cause it's a big fucking deal. It is. A, it's a huge deal. As you mentioned, others in the wrestling community have spoken up about the incident. Um, Joey Ryan spoke out about the incident. Uh, John Morrison has spoken out about the incident. Um, I'm drawing, anyway. Uh, Sammy Callahan, who uh, was once in the E, dubbed Solomon Crow and asked for his release because they had no fucking idea what to do with him. <laughs> Amazing wrestler, folks. Um, him and Dean Ambrose were shit. I'm drawing a blank on their tag team name. Go back and look up uh, Dean Ambrose and Sammy Callahan in um, uh, CZW. Really yeah. good, really good fucking, uh, really good shit. Anyways, um, if you want to see some of Dean Ambrose's best promo work, look that shit up. Sammy Callahan wrote, After seeing what happened to Rosemary last night at AAA, I'm outraged. Our generation needs to band together and end shit like this once and for all. We need to end the times of bullying, hazing, and garbage behavior in a sport that's predetermined. How can people take things so fucking seriously when this is a world of undead wizards, cowboys, dancing dinosaurs, and anything else our imagination can come up with? That's a pretty fucking solid argument, pasty. Right. 
Our generation can finally change things. We can be the generation to change things for the better. We can be the generation who stands up for people's rights. I'm sickened and disappointed at the business that I love more than anything else. And in all caps, he followed. This needs to end now. So, Pasty, let's discuss this a little bit because this is a big Actually, sir, I have done a little bit of research myself. And I am in possession of a statement that Sexy Star released just earlier today. Hot shit! Breaking news. Would you like to hear it? Breaking news here on Beefsticks Podcast. Let's hear it, Pasty. All right. I don't know who she interviewed with when she said that this, but it was not with me, so I cannot take credit. But she said, these days have been very difficult for me. On Saturday, I had a championship fight. It was very hard. I think it all went out of hand. I do not know it. I don't. I do not know it's a situation right now. I'm a bit confused. I want to be silent when I feel it is time. Touch the subject. Men, women, they all want to finish me, retire me from the sport. I'm here, as I said at the outset. I will not stop on behalf of all women who have been mistreated, physically or psychologically. I think I have to be stronger. At the moment I went through a depression and left, I will leave this one too. I was doing what I had to do, what people deserve. Gave me the claw to the end. That happened. That I surrendered. It seems like the girl is injured. I do not know. I do not know is the only thing I can say. Needless to say, many are upset about the lack of a direct apology. Oh, that's part of the article. So yeah, she just kind of makes herself out to be the victim in all of this. You know, but not at one point did she deny doing it. She did say that the wrestler appears to be injured. Um, she never did say, I did not attempt to injure her. She did not. Uh, it, By the it, way, getting off the beaten track for just a second so I can put this out there here for the people. Sammy Callahan and Dean Ambrose, or not Dean Ambrose, but John Moxley, were the split Switchblade Conspiracy. Switchblade Conspiracy, yes. Switchblade Conspiracy. Awesome tag team. Uh, the, yeah, look up anything you can find of theirs on YouTube. Thank you, Pasty White. You're uh, welcome. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm glad you found that. Um... And I'm going to start this again by saying I love Sexy Star as a personality, as a professional wrestler, as an entertainer. She is an amazing worker. I don't, I you know what, until this incident, I haven't heard anything negative or even positive, either or, about her personally. So I don't know right. anything about her personally. But She's not very good with the words. That statement is very, um, I had my publicist or I had my PR person write it and put it out. It does not sound like her saying something. It sounds like somebody going out there and stating words without denying facts. (laughs) Which isn't a bad thing. It's a very, uh, a very positive thing to do professionally. If you can't deny the facts, don't deny the facts. Just yeah, state don't fight, other don't fight things. The fucking truth. Yeah, state other things and have people read other things. She read that she's getting attacked, which I'm sure is true. She read that a wrestler may be injured, which I'm sure is true. <clears throat> she stated 
things that are truths, and she didn't deny things that might not be. Uh, right. But I, I do find it poignant that she not, at not any point, did she say, I did not attempt to dislocate Rosemary's arm. She never at right. one point stated that. Pretty simple thing to say. And I mean, if you watch the video, you can tell that's what she's trying to do. This isn't some WWE, oh, I'm going to hold the submission hold. Right. This isn't WWE, I'm going to hold the submission hold past the tap out for, for effect. No, this was her literally wrenching on the arm, no, trying to it rip up. it from socket, yeah, potentially look it break. Yeah, YouTube, folks, because it's there. I mean, she, you feel for her in this video. It's like, oh, shit. You, yeah, I cringed when I watched it. Yeah. It's some um, shit, man. And, and I, I am all for the entire wrestling community being up in arms about it because this is, it's a major thing. It's a major thing. And next we need to oust Seth Rollins for all the injuries he causes. I'm kidding. That's a joke. Sorry to shed that light on this matter. Um, the, the problem is, though, is kind of what Sally, or Sally, fucking Sally, god damn it. Sally, you fucking bitch. <laughs> if Sammy Callahan, if Sammy Callahan ever finds out I almost called him Sally, he's gonna whoop my fucking ass. Uh, <laughs> this kind of goes into he, what Sammy, Cal- yeah, <laughs> this goes into yeah, what Sammy die. Callahan gonna- brought up, is that, um... <laughs> This was pretty common back in the day. My guess is something happened with Sexy Star and Rosemary in the back. I would assume. I mean, right. she, I, I can guarantee with as long of a career as Sexy Star has had, she didn't just sit in the ring and say, I'm just going to fucking pop her arm out. Something led to this. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying something did lead to this. And that's a common fucking thing um as far as pro wrestling history goes now again as sammy callahan said this could be the generation to change that kind of shit to not um not give receipts they used to call them receipts if y'all don't know a pro wrestling lingo if you fucked with somebody whether it was in the ring or out of the ring they could give you a receipt and a receipt was literally a physical beating which was the payback for whatever Whatever you did. Nobody gives receipts like New Jack. New Jack, oh, New Jack has been to, <laughs> been to jail for giving receipts. Um, as, I, as I was going to say earlier, actually, uh, a recent YouTube video that popped up, uh, I, I'd say within the last year, it's not horribly recent, but um, somebody that I think the reason it got so much traction is A, because it was an unknown company and just kind of out there. But uh, because because of who it was, uh, Coco Ware, who went on to become Coco Beware in the WWE, who's actually now in the WWE Hall of Fame. He had his uh, bird. He had a parrot mm-hmm. named, uh, not George, named something. He had a parrot named something. Hang Anyways, on, stall for a second and don't talk about anything. A, uh, you. You, you figure out the bird's name and I'll tell the story. So he was he was on on an independent show wrestling the Patriot, not Dill Wilkes, not Dale Wilkes at all, but a different Patriot. Frankie. Uh Frankie was the bird's name. Fuck yeah, just like my doggie. Um 
And he, he was facing the Patriot, and it started out pretty normal. And then Coco Ware just starts beating the shit out of this guy. And from everybody that's watched it, pretty much just assumes that... This uh, Patriot cat backstage said something, did something, for some reason pissed off Coco Ware. And uh, at one point, Coco Ware literally um, knocks him unconscious. Literally. And then, while Coco Ware is pinning the motherfucker for the win, during the pin, Coco Ware slaps the shit out of the motherfucker during the pin. The ref keeps counting. The ref just wants it to be over. The ref is like, holy shit, this motherfucker's going to die if I don't do something. Uh, but it, it, it reminds me of... It reminds me of that. Um, there's, there's thousands and one stories of people talking about wrestlers giving receipts, and I'm guessing that's what this is. And if you look at uh, Sexy Star's career up till now, you can assume she was... She was probably trained classically as a classic pro wrestler, as a, um, especially down in Mexico, uh, she was probably trained as a kayfabe person, like keep things kayfabe. You're always your person. You're always your character. If you're a heel, you don't hang out with faces, this, that, and the other thing. So what she did isn't unheard of, but I would, I would say and I'm the person that defended Mauro Ronaldo when JBL was picking on him, and that wasn't even physical, I would say that she should not be fucking ripping people's arms out of sockets in the middle of fucking scripted matches to end her personal fucking justification. I don't feel that. I don't. That's me personally. As a lifelong pro wrestling fan, I feel in this day and age... Doesn't need to happen. Shouldn't happen. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. it's all entertainment. Everybody knows it's entertainment. You don't got to take it to that next level. No, <sighs> I don't care what it is, you know. And if there's something backstage, you take care of it backstage. Where I don't know where sexy th- star thought she would come out ahead doing this publicly in front of people with cameras connected to the yeah, internet. Yeah, right. Like, well, and especially in a match involving two other women. She could have easily got her ass kicked before leaving. If they weren't professional enough, professional enough to hold themselves back. Because I'm sure they would have been more than willing. I mean, I I don't know. Uh, Hamada, again, was trained professionally. So I could see her not want. I mean, she she was trained hardcore Japanese. I could see her not wanting to right. to get involved in that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, she opens herself up. She opens herself up if, at least to getting her ass whooped in the back. And who says she didn't? No reports have come out. But who says somebody didn't pay her a receipt in the back? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. She she does definitely. I I feel like deserves it, and she deserves everything she gets. I mean, in her benefit though, now wherever she winds up, whoever will hire her and pay her money and put up with her shit, she'll be booked as the biggest monster heel in the company. She's I guarantee be a it. Badass, and and if they're smart, and there's and if they're smart, they should. Any wrestling company that has sexy star 
should fucking promote that fucking arm bar hard as hell and talk oh, yeah. about how she's fucking ripped arms out of sockets before. If they're smart, they'll do that. I won't fucking dog them for doing that by no means. Not the company. Right. Um, yeah, I agree with you. And then I can only assume that after all of this and the publicity that Rosemary has gotten from it as well, she'll probably be joining Crazy Steve in the WWE sooner than we think. That's my opinion. We could only hope, my friend. We could only hope. I'm going to step away for a second. I'll be right back. I'm going to grab a couple beers, and then we can uh, we can discuss our drinking habits in just a moment, if that's all right with you. Sounds great to me, sir. Rock on. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to take this moment to give a brief shout-out to my boy, Corey Matthews, over at Monster Wear Clothing. You need t-shirts? They do that. You need decals? They do that. You need custom-made hockey masks, custom-painted by hand, to specification, whatever you want, they can do that. Check out Monster Wear Clothing for the best prices and best quality you can get for the dollar in Minnesota. That's Monster Wear Clothing. Check them out on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you gotta wear it like a monster. Oh, shit. I also have to give another shout-out to The Bowl Food Truck. One of the two food trucks that fed us at the Galactic Get Down. And boy, was it scrumptious. They had a different meal for every part of the day. And it was tantalizing. It was mystifying. It was amazing. Check out The Bowl Food Truck in the Twin Cities. Find them on Twitter to get where their location is near you. And lastly, we're going to retouch on the seventh almost annual Hollow Blaze. I think we've been doing this shit for something along the lines of 12 years now. I don't know. It's been... Probably 11 years running Hollow Blaze. We skipped a few years, and that's why we're only at number 7. But boy, am I stoked for it. And if you are in the Twin Cities on December 16th, I implore you to be there. You need to be there. And now that Fat Mac is back, I'm going to go get beer myself. Have some fun, sir. Hell yeah! So for any of y'all that are longtime listeners of the Beef Sticks podcast, which I hope most of y'all are, but for those of y'all that are new, we actually have a, uh, a beer-getting song. It was featured in only one episode of Beef Sticks podcast, but we felt it so iconic that after it was created, we said we should fucking put this song on every time before we discuss our drinking habits. And since our drinking habits are such a big part of the show, it's only poignant to have something to lead in to uh, us drinking these beverages. A little jingle jangle, if you will. So, yes, a jingle jangle. And we have a jingle jangle 
for you. We're going to try to do it every time we do this. We might miss it on some occasions. You know what? Fuck it. Whatever. And it's going to evolve over time. We're going to get remixes, and then we're going to get newer stuff, and it's going to be... But, um, so, before we get to talking about what we got that we're drinking on, Pacey, I think it's time for us to play our song. Refrigerator, why do I love you so? Because you hold my food and my beer, so you're my heart and soul. Refrigerator. I love it. I love it a lot. And that came from the heart and soul. That's something that we didn't even plan or write out. It was just Pasty at one point was like, we were, I, we brought up the fact, oh, we got to do our beers. And Pasty said, I got to run to the refrigerator and get another beer. And while he was gone, I just killed time by throwing out the refrigerator song. <laughs> and there it was, and there it is, and there it will forever live in infamy. So, my white friend Pasty, what have you got? Well, I had just polished off a stone, Potaska. It's a red IPA, but that's not the beer I'm going to feature for you guys this week, because it's already gone, and this one's cold. And this, my friends, bow, right in the camera for you, is Stone's Hop Revolver IPA. This shit, man. This is my favorite beer out of the pack. I swear to God. Would you like me to read you a story? I would love for you to read me a story. The aim of this experimental hop-centric series is to demonstrate just how dramatically a single hop can impact a beer. We're going to periodically fire off a variety of single-hopped variations of this IPA for some good brewing fun. Empty the bright tank with one, reload it with another batch. Rinse, reload, repeat. We invite you to enjoy, enjoy along with us. Boy, yeah. That sounds good. That sounds good. What's it taste like? Ah, uh, it's been a moment. I gotta bust this cap open. Otherwise, bust this motherfucker open! Shove it in your mouth! It's fragrant. It's aromatic. We sift it in the air to release all the juices. Oh, it's such a back-of-the-tongue bitter notes kind of IPA. It's delightful, and it sends shivers down my spine as I take my first drink. It's very lovely. It's not overly hoppy like the uh, hop or double hop or double IPA that I I had (laughs) featured last week. Spin it It out, Spin it out. (laughs) It is very, 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 very good. Try it. Stone IPA. They are. They are based out of some place that does things. Um. Uh. uh, Bottled, brewed and bottled by Stone Brewing. 
Escondido, California, and Richmond, Virginia. It's an East Coast-West Coast collaboration the likes that Biggie and Pac would have loved. Hey, Richmond, Virginia is really close to my hometown of Virginia Beach. Well, there you go. Um, ironic because I uh, we just got a uh, Stone Brewery beer in our local establishment, um, the one in which somebody um, was appalled with the fact that I spend time with my children. <laughs> uh, and I almost thought of getting it, but I knew you just did some, and I thought you might have some left, so I didn't. But I, I think I'll have one... one more to share with you guys next week. I found I one from we'll see. A, uh, a brewing company that we've had before, but I don't think I've had this one. Uh, we might have, but I don't think we have. And that is Trollway. Trollway. This is from Insight Brewing Company. It is an India Pale Ale. Can you see the troll? The, the lights kind of block. He looks. Like it he's got is a, a giant little bright. Hunch. Yeah, he's got like a giant hunch, according to that. Why don't you, why don't you shut go. off your monitor for a second? There you go. That looks a lot better. Look at him. Look, yeah, that's about the same size I like punch, it. He's I so guess. cute. It's about the same. Anyways, uh, this is an obstruction on the trollway. All right. This is chapter 24 of the Insight Brewery Company uh, story. Which we've told a handful of chapters before. We haven't told this chapter, and we haven't told them in order. I just go online and find the chapters and read them out to you. But I love doing it this way because I get. Oh, no, you just drunk. gotta buy one of each. You just gotta buy one of each. Keep them they on a shelf. They don't sell them by ones, man. You gotta buy four of each. Well, then buy four of each. I will. So, anyways, so his prodigious. What the fuck? Whoa, hold on, man. <laughs> I know, right? They got some big words in this, folks. Let me get back at you. His prodigious schnoz. Prodigious schnoz. His prodigious schnoz. Wait a second. This is about Triple H. This is the fucking Triple H fucking beer. Oh, shit. It is the Triple H beer. So, his... Prodigious schnoz had detected the ale's tropical. You just had to go and talk about triple grapefruity H's nose, didn't you? Didn't you fucking have to talk about triple from, H's nose? For with from far beneath the bridge, and with a lumbering grunt, he heaved himself over the rolling, over the railing, to block my path. Having previously survived the notoriously aggressive quiz mastery of his ilk, I steeled myself for the Riddles 3. I believe the Riddles 3 uh, I read in a different one, which I think was, uh, I don't remember what it was. Because I remember reading one about Riddles that was really fun. So I think I have read it, but... Um, you know, the ilk, the ilk is my favorite part of the troll. Yeah, yeah, the ilk is the best part of a troll, man. You get the best milk out of the ilk. <laughs> An obstruction on Don't the ask how you ale. milk it. Citrus India Pale Ale. So let me crack this son of a bitch open for you. I love the way that sounds. I know, 
take another swag. I've been drinking it so far, but I'm going to take another swag, all right? Oh, that sounds delicious. So first of all, what I'm going to tell you, it's not a citrus pale ale. I mean, if it is, it <laughs> is. Um, but it doesn't taste, I, I don't taste the citrus flavor. It is a very hoppy pale ale, and it gives you that really crisp bite. And maybe that's overtaking the citrus, but I, I don't hear the, um, or I don't taste a superfluous citrus taste to it. Uh, really good pale ale, though. Very crisp. Uh, very refreshing. It hits you right away. The first, the first drink, it, it, it hits you. And it goes away. It doesn't linger. But a really good, I'd say a really good IPA. Insight Brewing Company, folks. That's from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Don't think I've ever had an IPA and said, damn, this is shit. Yeah, but you didn't like IPAs until you started hanging out with me, did you? You didn't drink a lot of them. I, I did. No, because ever since I turned 21, I've been drinking Heineken. And Heineken's pretty, if it's not an IPA, it's the Heineken closest thing you can get to one without being one. Heineken is not an IPA, <sighs> by no means. But it's got that danky hop flavor to it that I like from IPA so much. No, I, I, I was just misunderstood by the types of beer. I was a novice, <laughs> if you will. You know, I spent oh, yeah. my younger years drinking Red Dog. Right. Remember High Life. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what beer was. <laughs> Who can understand that? Back in the day, it was, why the fuck do I want to buy six bottles? I want 30 big fucking cans that I can share with all my friends, and we can get tore up from the floor up. That's how you do it from the beginning, man. We used to have a thing called uh, Steel Reserve 211. I don't know if they have it, where they all have that shit. Oh, they have it everywhere, man. That Steel that Reserve shit. is that shit. You can buy that for fucking pennies on the ounce, I tell you what. Right, You right. can buy a 30-pack <laughs> of that shit around here. And around here, beer is a little more expensive because it's a smaller area, so there's not a lot of competition. You can buy a 30-pack of that fucking Steel Reserve 211 for fucking 15 bucks around here. That's literally 50 cents a fucking can. That's ridiculous prices. <laughs> I mean, it tastes like fucking shit. And you'll feel and like tall shit boys, tomorrow. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the 16-ouncers. I don't even know that they sell them in 12-ouncers. Yeah, it's uh, it's something else, my man. That's that alcoholic beer. Well, you know what we used to do is we used to just start drinking decent beer, and then we'd fucking switch to 2-11s at the end of the fucking night. And you don't know at that point. Right. You've been drinking beer, you've been drinking liquor and all of this shit, so now you just start throwing whatever you want in your fucking mouth. That's what I did with the women. <laughs> That's how we do it. Can't wait for you to write a book. It's going to be a good book. <laughs> I could. I could write a book if I could remember half the shit I fucking did. Even, even with the shit I remember, I think I could write a fucking pretty good book. Ron Jeremy, the Fat Mac story. Right. <laughs> hey, speaking of Ron Jeremy and stories, how about this one? 
Here's a little fun fact for y'all who aren't even on Fantastic Fables. Did you know that Nintendo of America owns the rights to the porn parody of Super Mario Brothers? Um, I did. I learned which, that like last week, I think. I can't think of what the fucking name of it is. Uh, oh, hang on. You look it up for well, me. Well, don't hang You're on. good at that. Keep talking shit. about it at least. Um, but that's starring Ron Jeremy as Mario. Nintendo of America owns the rights to that porn. Now, you might say, why the fuck? And it actually makes sense. When it came out in the early 90s, Nintendo Super Horneo Brothers! Super, super Horneo Brothers, yes! Um, so what it is, is when it came out, um, it actually got pretty big uh, for the obvious reasons. Um, you know, because cocks get big when they're hard, you know? But, <laughs> um, anyways, Mario was huge. Whatever. So, Nintendo of America had enough money. They bought the rights to the porn to make sure that the porn was never fucking sold or released anywhere. Because once you own the rights to it, you own where it's fucking published. Um, you can still find it online today. So, if you're interested in seeing Ron Jeremy fuck Princess Peach and, and a fucking weird-ass Koopa Troopa, uh, <laughs> look it up, my friend. Look it up. But yeah, just a fun fact, you can tell your friends that Nintendo of America owns the rights to Super Horneo Brothers, the Super Mario Brothers porn parody. Starring that Ron makes me Jeremy. wonder how, how many Disney porn parodies that Disney owns. Yeah, probably all a good deal of them. Uh, not all <laughs> of them, I've seen a handful of them. <laughs> so sneak it on, sneak it onto the 4K Blu-ray disc collection. As a bonus material. As a bonus feature on the third disc. (laughs) And you have to find the little hidden icon that's not a menu button. I'd be willing to bet, Disney being Disney, that they probably own a good chunk of them. (laughs) You would hope. I mean, it's kind of a smart... Well, I don't know about nowadays. Back in the day, back in like the 90s and 80s, it was probably a smart business decision. Nowadays, as soon as something's made... It's everywhere, so it doesn't matter if you own the rights to it. So it's probably not that smart of an idea nowadays to buy the rights to something. I don't know. That's my opinion. But what the fuck do I know, man? You're just a towel. It was my Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is going to face... I got one word for you, man. Suplex City. <laughs> it's two words, Brock. It's two words. Suplex City, bitch. That's three! Uh, so we talked about Sexy Star and Rosemary, but there's more injuries uh, to be spoken of, pasty. Yeah, no, that's... It's, uh... Holy shit. It's not good. It's like a week of injuries. It's it's it is it's pretty bad. Uh Samoa Joe suffered a, a knee injury over the weekend at a WWE live event. Son of a bitch. Xavier Woods suffered a knee injury copying Samoa Joe at Monday night SmackDown live event from Texarkana, Arkansas. Yeah, so the Samoa Joe event... Um, not the only happened... time SmackDown's parodied what Raw did. Um, no, yeah. That's, that's fair. 
<laughs> the Samoa Joe event happened at a, at a uh, house show. Not It wasn't on TV. Uh, But as far as we know, he got a knee injury. He was scheduled to face John Cena on Raw this Monday, but that didn't take place. So the the reports notes that from what they've heard, Joe is expected to be out for four weeks or so. Um, That's not horrible, especially for Joe and especially for the writers, but it's also not good. It changes plans, at least in the immediate term, you know? Right. Right. Um, and uh, we've seen so many young up-and-coming stars. And Joe's not young, but he's new on the WWE roster. You don't want WWE to get fear that he's injury-prone. So we hope he has a speedy recovery, gets back to it. Um, he's one of the highlights of fucking Raw. So get him back on there. Get him doing what he does. He's the Samoan submission machine. Let's see him wreck some shit. As far as Xavier Woods... Uh, here's my take, and I haven't looked into it more than since, uh, Tuesday? What's today? Thursday. Today is Thursday. Tuesday was the mm-hmm. last I heard of anything, so maybe more news has come out, and I apologize if, if I speak incorrectly. So what happened is New Day member Xavier Woods also appeared to suffer a knee injury at Monday night's SmackDown Live event from Texarkana, Arkansas. Fucking Texarkana. Right there. Yeah. That should get the fucking Jerry of the week right there is just Texarkana, Arkansas. <laughs> Anybody who fucking lives in Texarkana, Arkansas, Jerry of the fucking week. Boom. I just hit him with the label. Texarkana. And now I'm ripping it back. Anyways, so during a tag match that involved SmackDown tag team champions, the Usos and Febreze, the injury occurred when Xavier went for a jumping DDT. You know the one that he does when he's on the outside on the apron and he springboards in and then he does a tornado DDT on him, right? Right. His knee buckled. And he was obviously injured. Now, this can be two things. One of two things. Eight of two things. It could, it could be one of a million things, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you two options here. One, it's a work one. It's a shoot. When I watched it, and I've watched it a few times over, the way he lands makes it look like it's a work. He doesn't look like he landed and hurt himself. He looked like he landed and purposely sold an injury. Right. And he jumped up a little bit, and he's holding his leg, and he's doing this and that and that and this. So the way Xavier acts really, really to me looks like a work. But here's where it gets confusing. During that time, and I want to say Fandango's in the ring, and I could be wrong, but I'm going to say it's Fandango. Kofi Kingston, who got the tag when Xavier jumped in, gets into the ring... And he does something you don't see. What he did was he basically grabbed Fandango by the waist and almost led him. Almost like if you're dancing. I mean, this really reminded me of, of, of dancing. And he might have said something in his ear. You're not sure. But you could see him kind of do something awkward. He didn't grab him like, come here, bitch. And he's going to do him. He grabbed him 
almost in a like, I'm going to lead you, so pay attention to me sort of way. And then he did a quick schoolboy and got the win with that schoolboy. So that, the way that Kofi reacted. That says reacted, legit injury. Yeah, the way that Kofi reacted really seemed like a way that you wouldn't act. Um, and I, I'm getting this information from fan footage. So I'm not talking about the edited WWE footage that shows you whatever they want you to see. Now, after that, actually a long time after that, which again might be kind of weird, the ref throws up the dreaded X, which most of us have been come to condition to believe means that there's a legitimate injury and somebody needs to do something. But for years, we have also been told of reports that the dreaded X has now just been moved to kayfabe and they just click their radio on their belt and tell people when something's going on. So the fact that the ref threw up an X could also mean that maybe it wasn't a shoot (laughs) and it was a work. So I don't know what to think with this. What I'm going to say is what I say almost any time any of these superstars are injured is I hope it's a work and I hope he's not injured and I hope that his job is not at risk and his livelihood and his career is not at risk and I and I wish the best for him. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, he just came off an injury. What did they just come back less than six months ago? Wasn't it pasty when they were reintroduced to the SmackDown yeah. roster? Or maybe it's been more than that, yep. but it seems like not. But that wasn't long, right? Xavier's injury. That was Kofi's surgery, but yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was Kofi. Yeah. Um, but no, that shit. So it's, it just it's crazy. seems like, what? yeah, why would, you, why, would you have a, why would you have a work injury after you just came off of an injury? And if you... And like you said, I was thinking it was a, a, a Xavier injury, but it, yeah, Kofi injury. Why wouldn't you just have Kofi be the one selling it then if that's what you were doing? Right. Yeah, I don't know exactly what's up, but if this is a work, I'm very proud of WWE because like I've been saying over the last couple of months, they really seem to be changing the way they play their psychology because they know we're onto it. They know we know it inside and out. And in order to pull one over our eyes, they have to change it all on us without, like, making it obvious to the casual fan. Yeah, because they have used the dreaded X, and I say dreaded X, quote-unquote, in shoots before, or in works before. I mean, they right, have. Right. We know that for a fact. We've seen it. Um, and like I said, as far as as far as far I know, I've read plenty of reports that the WWE doesn't even use that symbol anymore because the fans know it, and they only use it in works. So I don't know. I would be I would be extremely alleviated if uh, Xavier Woods' injury was a work and not a shoot. But yeah. Like I said, just the way that Kofi reacted just seemed really off to me. He looked like he was leading Fandango, and that just exactly. But off. if they're changing, if they're changing the psychology, that could be very well put in place to trick us. You know what I mean? Could be. Could be. Very well. Could be. Um, I don't know if you got what I got here, Pasty, but I got a list of, uh, the only 25 Twitter accounts that Vincent Kennedy McMahon follows on Twitter. Do you have that list? Yes, I do, sir. You do, right? So let's kind of go back and forth. Um, I can start if you want and you can go after that and we'll kind of talk about it. We got them set up here in, in sixes. 
other than the last one, because obviously that only gives us 24. But it's kind of, it's, it's not kind of, it's very interesting who Vince McMahon is following on Twitter. It really some is. Of, some of them are super obvious, some of them are super weird, and then some of them are like, why isn't this person? So, um, this, this is no, this, this isn't news, folks. This isn't news. This is just us going to be saying, like, what possible strategic purposes does Vincent Kennedy McMahon have for having these? Because <laughs> he only, he only follows 25 Twitter accounts. His Twitter account only follows 25 Twitter accounts. So why these 25? That's pretty spectacular for anybody. That nerd that you knew in high school who fucking sat alone in a fucking corner and made sculptures out of his boogers has more than 25 fucking people that he's following on Twitter. So this is pretty... This is a pretty a good fucking tight demographic of people that he's following. I'll start with the first six, and I'll talk a little bit about them, Pasty, and then you want to go after that, and we'll bounce back and forth. Does that sound good? Sounds great, my friend. So, the first one... Actually, this first six is going to be fairly obvious. This I took the easy one, all right? The first one we got is Connor's Cure. Uh, for anybody who doesn't watch WWE, you might not know what Connor's Cure is. Connor's Cure is basically a, um, it's a cancer, uh, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Uh, where a you boy raise named money, Connor where you raise had money. cancer, and he was terminal. A fundraiser. Yeah, yeah, it was a charity. It's, it's a, a charity. charity. Thank you, charity. That's the word I couldn't think of. It's a cancer charity. Um, Connor the Crusher was a boy, as Pasty said, was a boy who was a WWE fan. He was, I think, nine years old at the time, maybe eight years old when he ended up dying. Uh, but they ended up letting him uh, come in there. He was he was a cancer patient, terminally ill. They let him beat Triple H in the middle of a fucking WWE ring for the title. It was awesome. His wrestling name was Connor the Crusher. Uh, Connor's Cure... Uh, makes sense that Vince would be following Connor's Cure because his company literally created it. The next one, right? The next one, Stephanie McMahon. I don't have to say anything much more than it's his daughter, and it's the head created of creative of his company. Those two reasons alone, he should have her on his Twitter. Next one, Donald J. Trump. Donald J. Trump is not only the president, <laughs> he is also a WWE Hall of Famer, and he is a close personal friend. Three reasons that Vince should follow him on Twitter. Next one we got is Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Triple H, uh, Jean Levesque. Paul Levesque. Paul Levesque. Um, thank you. John Levesque was his name in WCW <laughs> long before he started in WWE. I was throwing well, WCW a bone there. Thank you, Paul Levesque. Um, again, makes sense. Not only is that his son-in-law, but it is the guy who's in charge of NXT and is uh, very much in charge in a lot of the booking in WWE at this time. Right. The next uh, Twitter account that he follows is WWE Auction. Speaks for itself. It's a WWE company. He owns it. He should have that. 
Um, the sixth one might be a, out of these six. This one's out there, and it's Howard Finkel, the Fink, if you will. I don't think it's odd that tr- that Vince McMahon follows him, being as he's been with the company for a long time. Um, but it is kind of odd if he only has twenty five people that Howard Finkel made the list of the twenty five. Like, how do you make that cut? So, right. So, okay, the first six are all pretty obvious. You got WWE Charity, his daughter, son I am just going to go out on a limb here and say he has Howard Finkel, Triple H, and Stephanie, but not his own son, Shane McMahon, on the list. I'm just going to go ahead and, and say that. That We do have that, and we'll talk about that coming up, because that is true. <laughs> So why don't you go into the next six that we ha- that he has? Not we, that he has. Well, in the place of number seven, he's following the WWE Network. You know, I bet he doesn't even pay $9.99 for the WWE Network. I bet he don't even play, pay 99 cents for it. He just you know steals what? it from Shane. Shane, he, you pay for this. I would, I would put fucking nine ninety nine on the line, and that rhymes. That uh, <laughs> Vince doesn't even fucking own the network. I bet Vince is not a subscriber to the network. <laughs> and then up next, he's following the WWE Insider. That I guess I wasn't even really sure was a thing, but it is. So that's. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. <laughs> and the first wrestler he is following. Holy crap. The Celtic warrior, Sheamus. Sheamus. Of course, we all know. We all know that, that Vince has had a hard on for Sheamus. Much in the same way that Triple H has a hard on for Sheamus. He's also following WWE Greatest Matches, the WWE Investor, which I, I assume is the official, official stock broker page of WWE on Twitter. You would be correct. I am going to follow it myself. And he's following Stand Up for WWE. Kind of basic. Uh, which is an old... Unimportant. Yeah, that's old. That happened, um, gosh, long before the Trump presidency. That was a thing where uh, Linda McMahon was first running for senator of New York. And they were using WWE against her. And they started a program called Stand Up for WWE, which was promoting the positive things WWE did, which are, are many and plentiful. And probably mm-hmm. far outweigh the negative, at least unless you look really hard. Uh, but that's a really old thing, and I'm surprised there's even still a Twitter account for it. That one kind of threw me off. I, I, I'm not surprised he follows it. I'm just surprised there's still a Twitter account about it and that it still exists. Maybe he hasn't been on Twitter in quite a while. That's possible also. <laughs> so pretty much everything here kind of checks out so far out of the first 12 like you said Sheamus is the only actual wrestler that he's following um 
But uh, part of me is almost certain that when Vinnie Mac poses in front of a mirror, he kind of sees a little bit of Seamus himself. You know, Vince McMahon is an Irish warrior. Don't forget that. (laughs) Right. So going on to the next six here, folks, we have WWEclassics.com, which is a Twitter page for the classic WWE events, which could mean anything from, you know, last week's fucking Raw to, um, <laughs> maybe, you know, some of the old Coliseum videos and uh, WWWF events, you know, Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Um, WWE Publishing which does all of WWE's, uh, did their magazines. They don't currently produce any magazines anymore, but also does a few random books for some of the wrestlers. Uh, This one is a big red flag. AJ Lee. Vince McMahon is following AJ Lee. Sam Um, Punk's wife. Yeah, kind of... Kind of fucking crazy, man. That is a little weird. That's kind of weird. AJ Mendez, if you will. Who, by the way, uh, Crazy is My Superpower. Awesome book. Go pick it up. Um, the next one he's, he's following isn't quite as crazy. WWE NXT makes sense. He's also following Jim Ross, which uh, does make sense. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say he's been following Jim Ross. So, this probably isn't just since uh, Jim Ross recently re-signed with the company. I'd be willing to bet he's stayed in touch with Jim Ross on Twitter through Jim Ross's hiatus with the company. Which, I wouldn't doubt um, it. Which, well, to me, it makes sense from a business point, but from a personal, well, even from a business standpoint, is weird just because of how much shit they always put Jim Ross through. They never treated Jim Ross well until his uh, until he just recently re-signed. Um, they always uh, had him doing horrible gimmicks. They had him doing the Kiss My Ass Club. They had him getting stunned. They had him do a, a colonoscopy live on air. They like um, they 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 mocked his uh, Bell's palsy time and time again. Like they were. Very cruel to this guy. So maybe that's why Vince followed him, so he can keep I'm, up with the pranks and shenanigans. Yeah, I'm. I'm just getting. I'm just getting cross feelings about that. Like he deserves to be a long time wrestling guy, and he deserves to be followed. But he also treated him like shit. Uh, the next one is WWE Music Group. Uh, speaks for itself. So basically, another series of WWE departments. Uh, you got JR in there, which I am completely baffled by, whether that's good, bad, ugly, or whatever. He follows NXT, but he obviously doesn't fucking watch NXT. Uh, we know that from a lot of the reports that have come out about various things. Right. And, uh, again, the big fucking highlight is AJ Lee, or AJ Mendez. It's really fucking weird. That he's following her. So now we're into 18 of his 25 followers. And so far, the only two wrestlers he follows, if you don't include his son-in-law Triple H, are Sheamus and AJ Lee, who you could even argue isn't even a full-time wrestler. Right. Yeah, no, that's nuts. 
And she brings us into our next fucking uh, uh, set. What do you got here for our next right. seven? Ladies and gentlemen, it just gets weirder and weirder. <laughs> Vince McMahon is following Coach. And for all of you who know Twitter, no Coach is the one and only CM Punk. What? Damn! Maybe, maybe, maybe Punk, like, threatened him when he found out he was following AJ, so he had to follow Punk, too, in order to alleviate that pressure, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Right? But that's not the extent of how weird this goes. (laughs) It's not. Who's the next one? It It can't be crazier than Punk, can it? Fucking Zack Ryder. Long Island Iced Z. Zack Ryder. The Internet Champion? Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, the Internet Champion. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking Oh, nuts. shit. Zack Ryder. <laughs> and then after Zack Ryder, he's following The Miz, which is astonishing. For the things that The Miz has said, especially at recent times on WWE programming. Like, holy shit. But maybe that's why he follows him. I gotta keep my eye on that guy. (laughs) Right? Hey, I better set up a tweet account for that that Mike Mizanin. Who knows what he's going (laughs) to say next? (laughs) Oh, man. And then... Way down here at the next to the bottom, the last wrestler on his list, John Cena. He couldn't see him, apparently. Yeah, that must be it. He just couldn't see him. And you can't say say that he followed these people in alphabetical order. Because, I mean, you got AJ, but she's she's preceded by Sheamus. You know what I mean? It's uh, a jumbled mess. Well, and Zack before The Miz... Even if you take either right. Zach or Ryder, that's bef- both of those are after M. <laughs> you think Vince was just really big on him the night that he won the Intercontinental Championship? <laughs> and so he's like, oh, "I'm going to follow him," and then saw something he didn't like, so he's like, "No, nah, we're taking him off, taking it off him tomorrow." That's some shit. And then we've got the WWE Universe. That's right. Vince That's McMahon us. is listening to you. He's listening to all of us. He's always here, folks. Doesn't we that mean that. he has a hell of a lot more than 25 people he follows if he's following the entire WWE Universe? Let me ask you something. Is one universe one thing? Or is one universe the all-encompassing of all of that thing? I think that's the same thing, bro. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll go He's with also that. WWE WrestleMania. <coughs> Which I won't and fucking follow because it's poison. Lastly, and the, probably the most important thing on this list, he's following the WWE. Why the fuck wouldn't he? That's some shit. That's a fucked up list. So that's the list. Where's Shane? Where's his wife? Yeah, so that that brings us to some very notable omissions. Uh, Vince McMahon isn't following any of the current top stars. 
Um, other than John Cena, who you can easily argue is a part-timer at this time. So he doesn't have Roman Reigns. He doesn't have Seth Rollins. He doesn't have AJ Styles. He doesn't even have long-time He's got fucking AJ. <laughs> right? He's got... Un- Maybe he, he followed her by accident. <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was AJ Styles. That's great. He doesn't great. have a long, long-time people and like he Michael thought, Cole. He thought, he thought CM Punk was Jonathan Coachman. <laughs> right? Uh, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't have the long-timers like Michael Cole... Chris Jericho, Jerry the King Lawler, uh, Kane, he doesn't have, and Mark Henry, he doesn't have any of them. Um, no. He doesn't even follow all of his own programming. He doesn't follow 205 Live, which we, I mean, come on, we, we know he doesn't even watch it. He doesn't follow Total Divas. And while he does follow Stephanie and Triple H, as you mentioned, uh, he doesn't follow Shane McMahon. It's weird. Out of out of nearly a hundred wrestlers in his employee right now, he only follows John Cena, Sheamus, Zack Ryder, and The Miz. And he doesn't even follow his own wife, Linda McMahon. Not even her work Twitter or her personal Twitter. Um, Ain't that about a bitch. You know, I, uh, as, as I said before we got into it, folks, this isn't news. But we, we're here to fucking, we're here to spread the word. You know, we're pro wrestling fans. Not everything needs to be news and, and shit like that. This is interesting. I, 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 you I know don't what? know what to say about I it. I believe this is news. Because who the fuck else is reporting on this? We are. You're like, dude, I read the article on SC Scoops. <laughs> Uh, I didn't actually, but <laughs> I read this it. is investigative journalism at its finest, folks. No, it's, it's brought to you without uh, broadcasting. It's interesting is the important thing. I, I think. I mean, I think it's super interesting. And maybe it's not. Maybe we maybe we look too much into what we think Vince has in his pocket, but. I think just by watching the current product, you have to admit Vince is still 100% with his finger on the button. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, well, we talked about the, the fucking random changes he literally made last minute at the pay-per-views. I mean, that's, that's proof right there. If those are, if that's real and that's, that's, we've had plenty of sources to back that shit up. That he's literally just changing finishes and changing who's going to be in fucking matches. I mean, Vince still has his pulse. He still has his fucking finger on the button, but he doesn't have his pulse to the wrestling community, I think, is the scary thing. He doesn't know what we want. He's just living in his... He's living in his dementia. That's what he's doing. And, And this has to be perfect to him. And nothing in his mind makes sense. And so... This is the product we get. I come back to that... I still watch it. I've probably said it on here before, um, but I come back. I mean, I whenever I think of Vince McMahon, the thing that scares me is when um, Jericho said they were flying on a plane, and I don't remember. I don't remember which pro wrestler it was. It was one of the mid carders. Let's say it was Tyler Breeze. I don't know who it was. Somebody was was watching. Maybe it was Jer. It was, might have been Jericho. I don't remember. I know Jericho said it on his podcast. He said they were watching YouTube and they were watching something on there. 
And Vince McMahon walked by and looked down. And then he looked at him and he said, Why are you watching that? And he said, Oh, I wanted a laugh. And Vince looked at him and said, Well, there's plenty of funny things on WWE. Why don't you go to the WWE Network and watch something on there? Fucking Vince. (laughs) They live at WWE. On their plane ride to wherever the fuck they're going to wrestle again, they want to watch something and enjoy themselves and escape their reality. Like, that always comes to me when I hear things like this. Vince doesn't have... He doesn't know there's anything outside of his reality. This is all he knows exists. And that's kind of scary. It is. It's scary for us as fans, but it's scary as any loved one of Vince to know that he really doesn't realize things exist outside of this buff. What's going to happen when he gets dementia? Because he's living in dementia right now. That's exactly what I just said, man. Yeah, he is. He's living in his dementia, and the company is is thriving well, off of it. But so it's not happens, thriving. It's just it's. So what happens when he gets legitimate ridiculous. dementia? And and like that's like a fucking. I don't even know what that is, man. That's like a dream within a dream. We get an inception inception dementia in this shit. It, I guess I guess it's right up there with fucking uh, Vern Gagne when he was body slamming cocksuckers in the goddamn retirement home and killing them. <laughs> Rest in peace, Vern Gagne. But you know, if I'm gonna go good out, good old Vern. Go out. He literally um, lived a block and a half away from my grandmother in South Minneapolis. And yet he didn't kill her, and it would have been way cooler if he did. No. Well, yeah. Come on. Your mom, your grandmother's gonna die in some fucking like non fucking extravagant way, and it would have been way cooler to been like, "Hey, Vern Gagne body slammed my grandma on the fucking sidewalk and killed her." You know it'd be cooler. Oh, well, man, that was go? far before Vern was in a go? fucking old folks' home because he had a house. How do you want her to go? She's gone. How'd she go? Lung cancer. And that's cooler than fucking Vern fucking body slamming her on the concrete. <laughs> I want Vern Gagne. I want Vern Gagne to come back from the grave and body slam me on the fucking concrete and end me when I go. You don't think about the big picture, man. <laughs> Shit! Shit! So we got one more little tidbit of news, and then we can go talking about whatever the fuck we want to. Um, hey, we're getting close to the end of the show. Yeah, we are. Time's trucking along. Time that was actually a good filler well. for what would have been SmackDown and Raw, or or yeah. the, the picks for the upcoming pay-per-view. We, there's not a pay-per-view this week, is there? That's what I'm saying. Oh, oh, no, I, that's I why you. this yeah, is yeah, good. Feel, mean, that was good feeling for it. I didn't follow. Whoop! Sorry. Gotcha. Yeah! So, uh, on Okay! John Cena was involved in a promo sparring with Roman Reigns. 
And I think we're going to have to take this time to tell you about our Jerry of the Week. What do you think, Pasty? Yes, the Jerry of the Week brought to you by Blips and Chits. Blitz and Chits! I went all the way on Roy, baby! Yeah, he's sinking Roy off the grid! He doesn't have a social security number! He doesn't have a social security number! So, uh, so this brings us to our Jerry of the Week, and our Jerry of the Week is Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns was involved in a, uh, a, a verbal sparring with John Cena. Some might call it a promo. Um, in a little bit, I'll explain to you why some might not call it a promo. But I think uh, I think we're going to play you the clip. It's a bit long, but it's very entertaining. Uh, Pacey, do you think we're going to play them the clip pretty soon here? I think they deserve it. All right. I think they deserve it. Right now! When they look at you, they see what I see. A cheap-ass, corporately created, John Cena bootleg! This chump right here, he ain't the guy. Dude, you're just a guy. A guy trying so desperately to fill shoes that you never will. Listen carefully, young man. I am the fastest, strongest, and hungriest that I have ever been in my entire life. They boo you because, first of all, you suck. And second of all... Go ahead, find it. Go ahead. Oh, wait. It's called a promo, kid. If you want to be the big dog, you're going to have to learn how to do it. So go ahead. You, with all your gifts and all your opportunities, you have the gall to blame me. That's fine. That's fine, big dog. Congratulations. It took you five years to cut a halfway decent promo, but now I'm about to shrink you down to size. Oh, boy. Okay. Look and listen. They hold the keys. They always have. They always will. But you actually believe that I hold everybody down, that I swim to the top and keep them underwater, at any and all costs. I'm a level with you, homie. I haven't main evented WrestleMania in five years. I was the opening match at SummerSlam. I was honored and privileged to earn the United States title at this stage in my career and use it as a beacon of opportunity to introduce new superstars to the WWE like Kevin Owens and AJ Styles, just to name a few. You took the U.S. title as a demotion. And you stand there and blame me. Fine, I blame you. I'm still here because you can't do your job. 
When it comes to this yard, you probably haven't learned it yet. There's only one rule, step up or step aside. And over the years, there's been a few to step up, but nobody to ever keep up. And then I finally hear about this one guy, the guy, the Roman Reigns, the one that can keep up. And now I look at you and I listen to you. You should be ashamed I'm a part-timer because I can do this part-time better than you could ever do it full-time. What a fucking segment, man. Uh, this was just... Uh, you know what? Every Cena hater out there has to fucking at least take this and say, God damn, Cena's one of the best fucking promos in the goddamn business. He is. He, he is. He always has been. He always uh, has been. I wouldn't say always, but I think he definitely grew into definitely one of the top one, two promos in the business. I don't think he always oh, was. Oh, come on, man. He used to freestyle his promos, and those were fucking fire. He had fire! Been- he had good freestyles, and that and I give uh, I give him credit. I give uh, Chris Jericho credit, and I give uh, Vince McMahon credit. Chris Jericho was the one who uh, who told Vince McMahon that the f- the rapper gimmick would work, or at least according to his right. podcast, he could be making that shit up. I don't know. He could just be trying to fucking latch onto it. I don't know, but. According to Chris Jericho, Vince McMahon was very against... Well, not even Vince McMahon. Uh, uh, um, um, uh, Dunn. Dunn. Kevin Dunn was very against the rapper gimmick. Which uh, Kevin Dunn has, has one of the biggest pieces of Vince McMahon's ear. And Chris Jericho said, no, this dude... Because he'd, he'd sit there in the buses with him and hear him freestyling long before it was a gimmick. Like, people, people don't realize right. that wasn't a gimmick given... To John Cena, he would freestyle. People don't realize John Cena and Samoa Joe used to have battles back in the day in fucking California. They fucking they started their wrestling careers together. You look at Samoa Joe and you're like, oh, he's badass and he paid his dues. He started with John Cena back in fucking uh, California in the California wrestling circuit. And people don't know that. The PWGs and the Chikaras and shit like that. They fucking, uh, they wrestled there. Uh, they had some tag matches. They had very few matches against each other, at least that I can find. But I know they tagged together a few times and they were in the same fucking events almost all the time because they were two of the top stars. Um, but Reigns really showed, uh, and, 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 I'm going to put that out there to everybody listening and everybody watching. That is an edited version. The best version I could find was still an edited version. Um, I wanted to edit my own version to have uh, certain things in there that I thought were poignant. But WWE edited a lot out. You may have realized when John Cena said, See a fourth wall! It sounded really weird. That's because I literally mm-hmm. had to look everywhere to find that audio clip, and the only place I could find it 
was a clip of somebody recording it off their TV because WWE <laughs> has deleted all fucking videos of John Cena saying see a fourth wall because they don't want they don't want to admit that there's a fourth wall to break. Right. And I guess I, I guess let's explain to folks because you just you just gotta assume not everybody knows everything and that's fine because not everybody's in depth to everything. The fourth wall, quote unquote, is a stage term that originated back in um, play days, uh, stage plays, you know, like where you, you go to a, a theater and you sit down in seats and there's a stage. And there's always a stage left, a stage right, there's behind you, the fourth wall is the audience. And at some point in time, one person in a play who wrote a play decided they'd break the fourth wall and these people could communicate with the audience. So, um... Anytime you talk to the audience and breaking the fourth wall, the the biggest uh, the biggest notes of that would probably be Spider Man and Deadpool, who often speak to the fourth wall. They speak to who who's talking mm. to them. You got like uh, a Modern Family that has the documentarian in the office. Um, they break the fourth wall because they're talking to you. You know, I mean, just uh, but for for wrestling, it's basically breaking the fourth wall is saying something out of kayfabe. And the word promo, as far as I know, has never been used on WWE, WWF TV. Because they've never Right, I, I do believe it's one of the banned terms. Yeah. There is a list of banned terms. There is. I, Wrestling we should, is we one We should of look them. that up for next week's show. Wrestling. Right. <laughs> um, so belt. As far as belt is one. Belt. You can't have a you belt. You can't call it's, a championship a belt. It's a championship. Yeah. It's not a belt by gum. <laughs> a lot of wrestlers wear belts, but only the champions wear championships. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh. But the fact that... Uh, and so, with all of this, number one, Reigns did get some did get some good stuff in there. We, I didn't get everything he said in there. But the fact that he... Some of the stuff he did say, like, well, they they boo you because you're not cool and, and shit like that was pathetic. Um, you could kind of mm-hmm. see in Rain's eyes that Cena, I think a couple times were going off script. I've, I've seen so many reports that this was a unscripted pipe bomb. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, Vince no. wouldn't let that fucking happen between two of his biggest stars. Right. Kurt Angle wouldn't have just been standing no. there smiling the whole time. No, it wouldn't <laughs> have happened. But I do believe that Cena went off script a couple times. Now, from everything I've heard is Cena actually likes Roman Reigns. And I don't think Cena was attacking Reigns as a person, but might have been attacking Reigns' character. And by a character, I don't mean, like, uh, how good of a person he is, but, like, attacking the writers. I guess would be the way I would think of it. I don't know. Um, But a few times you could see on Roman Reigns' face, he wasn't sure how to respond. And a few times John Cena talked right over him. So those things, I'm assuming, Mm. weren't scripted. Um, and also the fact that Roman Reigns, and it's not in this clip, but Roman Reigns said bitch uh, at least three times, but none of them were like, um, 
None of them were like the WWE, let's throw a bitch in and we're going to get the, you know, we're going to be cool but keep our PG rating. They were right, the, right. they were the, uh, 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 well, bitch, um, you are a p- part-timer. Like, they were the, him struggling to think of something and he said, bitch. Um, this, this could all be wrong. I could be misconstruing this. Definitely I could be, but... For as much shit as people give Roman Reigns, I think this called him out so horribly pasty. Uh, I, I took up a lot of our time yeah. of the week. Give me your opinion, because I, I just rambled here. Give me your opinion. I'm sorry. No. Well, I definitely, I definitely agree with Roman Reigns being the Jerry of the week, because, God damn it, he was put on the spot, and he failed to deliver. There was that point in time where he tripped on his lines, and Cena's like, don't worry, I got all night. You know, it's to me, it's kind of shitty because all the steam that Roman Reigns built up with me over the last, you know, three months, it's gone. It's gone. It all crumbled. Yeah, that gets into. uh... So I don't know. I don't know what WWE is trying to do here. I mean, Cena's going to be leaving to shoot the new Transformers spinoff. Yep. Very soon. Very soon. So he's just going to come and shit on Roman Reigns to prove he can still bury people? I don't I don't understand the angle here. I mean, I know they got a feud coming up. It's going to be a damn good match. But Yes, it will. Despite is, the Reigns of... and Cena haters, that's going to be an awesome match. Yeah. But, yeah, no, uh... Roman Reigns is the Jerry, and this week I feel like WWE backstage is the Rick. Right. Because you, you bring, up, you bring up it. a really good point in the fact that, well, number one, Reigns versus Cena is a WrestleMania match. There's no yeah, reason that very it's much going so. on at, I don't know the name of the next event, tell it to me, please. I think Roz is No Mercy. No Mercy. I'm yes, not sure it is no what mercy. Mercy. Is The fact that I have to ask you what the fuck it is should not be a Reigns versus Cena match. So right there, it's, it's fucked up. And number two, like you said, they spent all this time building up Reigns. They built up Reigns and Strowman together. Like, it was one of the few, like, perfect things they did. As much as Reigns grew, Strowman grew. And it was a perfect symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. And then they split off, and it's like, now it's Reigns and Cena, it's Reigns with... Why? Right. Why? They're and not you know building what? it up I'm, as equals. I'm not the biggest Reigns fan. In fact, I'm not a Roman Reigns fan. I do think he is working hard. I think a lot of people shit on him too much. But I think a lot of mm-hmm. people give him too much credit. So I'll, I'll do both of those things. And I will say tonight proved that at least promo-wise, he's still fucking steps below somebody like a Samoa Joe, somebody like an Austin Aries who fucking left, uh, somebody like a Seth Rollins, somebody like a Bobby Roode, somebody like you know uh, any number of, of them individuals who are amazing talkers. He, he's not. He's not that person. 
Right. But he does have the look, and he does have the marketability. The athletic ability. I mean, he, he has... He's lasted this long. Um, you look at the Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate Warrior had everything, and and I don't know that he lasted this long in the position that Reigns is at. I don't think he did. I'd have to look up time spans and shit like that, but I don't think he did because he didn't have the work ethic. Uh, the it's 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 well documented that the Ultimate Warrior did not like to work. He did not like to sell. He did not like. To, to even fucking get ready for events. He was a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. That's what he wanted to do. Cardio was not his thing. He didn't want to last for fucking 10 minutes in a ring. He just wanted to get big. That's not Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns does work hard. He doesn't work as hard as Seth Rollins. He doesn't work as hard as AJ Styles. He doesn't work as hard as John Cena. We have seen that. That's evidence. That's my opinion, but that's evidence. But you can't really expect that from a guy that WWE built either. I mean, because all those other guys have done things elsewhere. You know, they've had a whole lifetime to do this shit. That, uh, again, (coughs) this is the first... Roman Reigns is the first guy out of quote-unquote developmental to become a super star. The next guy would be Baron Corbin as far as I believe. Uh, <laughs> Actually, he's being overshadowed by Elias Samson now. Who would be the next guy after that? <laughs> I, as far as like growing oh, and shit. developmental. So, I mean, that yeah, WWE doesn't have much honestly, to speak for for developmental. Honestly, and Vince, we brought up your Twitter so we know you're watching. Or you have one of your people watching. But here's what you need to do with Roman Reigns. You need to put him up against somebody like Samoa Joe. Or maybe the Big Show. Somebody who catches him off guard with a punch to the jaw. And it breaks his jaw. And forces him out of action for a small period of time. But when he comes back, he decides he can't talk anymore. And has a manager. Yes! Yes! If he had a manager. If Roman had a manager... He could be the guy you have pushed him to be this whole time. That'd be great, though, wouldn't it? Somebody breaks his jaw and he comes back and he never speaks again. Roman Reigns would be so much better if he never said a word. Just that angry stare. Oh, my God. Perfect. That's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. Enzo Amore, I'm looking at you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, somebody once said there's uh, two there's two families of Samoas. There's the Samoans that are related to the Rock, and there's Samoa Joe. <laughs> Which, by right. the way, where did Samoa Joe come from? Well, by the way, <laughs> the Rock is not related to any of the fucking Anawai family. No. For yeah, those people he's listening just an who don't adopted realize, yeah, his his grandfather, who was High Priest Peter Mayavia, was a quote unquote blood brother with one of the um, uh, head shrinkers, and they are all related to all of them. 
So all these people who get the rub from The Rock, which includes Roman Reigns, which includes Tamina Snuka, which includes all of these motherfuckers, isn't even related Not Tamina to the Snuka. motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, Snuka's Nia in the... Jax. Nia Jax. No, Snuka's, Snuka's, Snuka's daughter. That's not the Samoan family. What do you think, what do you think fucking uh, Jimmy Snuka is? Fucking Asian? Ah, hang on a second. I'm going to prove you wrong with the help of my good friend Google. I hope you do. But you're right. (laughs) Nia Jax is actually who I was thinking of. So you are right about that. But uh, Jimmy Snuka is allegedly in that family of Samoan Islanders and shit. Um, But you know what family I'm more interested in? Is uh, Haku slash Ming. Remember Haku or Ming? He was Haku in WWE, Ming in WCW. Right, yep, yep. He's one of the... He's Tongan. Tongan, which I don't know where the fucking Isle of Tonga is. That's how fucking obscure that shit is. I couldn't even tell you on a map where the fuck it is. I think it's around the Isle of Samoa, but that's just because they're all fucking wrestlers. That's the only reason I assume that. He's related. Nuka's related to The Rock by marriage. Fuck. I'm wrong. <laughs> According to... If The Rock is Anuai, the then Snooka is as Anuai. No, The Rock is not Anuai, <laughs> but I do say Snooka's Anuai. So that would still... That would still confirm my fucking... Uh, my statement. That Tamina's Anuai. Right? Huh. Uh-huh. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. That never would have never would have crossed my mind. Well, they can't let her be black. Nobody can be black and be a champion. Um, <laughs> what about Naomi in the New Day? Yeah, look what happened there. <laughs> what the fuck was I just talking about? Uh, not not. Uh... You know what I was talking about? It's past our fucking two-hour mark, Loke. We need to it say is. Our, we it need is. To say our goodbyes and our love yous. Goodbye. Farewell. I don't the rest of the song. When oh, we isn't it sign pretty? off, I'm gonna go smoke a bong. I like that one. That's good. So long, gotta be this angle by. Alright, um, hey, we've had you for two hours and it just fucking flew by. Flew by? Crazy, 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 crazy. Especially when you consider the fact that I was trying to hook up with fucking Pacey for like two hours beforehand and he didn't even fucking get in touch with me. Until like 7.45, and then we finally got together and started fucking getting shit going. You motherfucker. You fucker. You know. Uh, yep, it's all my fault. It's all my fault. You know it, you motherfucker. I'm a shitty person. I'm never on time. <laughs> I never come through in the end. Ugh. Or that might have been me. I don't know. Could have been either way. <laughs> might have been. Um... All right, folks.
That's how we're leaving it. Just like with you saying, "All right, folks." <laughs> really? That's that's just well, all right, folks. Too. And then we started holding it. I know we were both thinking, like, how long can this go on for? Well, all right, folks. Let me just get this on here right now. We're gonna shut off this podcast for you. Right about now, folks. We'll see you later. And, uh, goodbye. Cool. That was an 